Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side. It's the 49 Faithful UK show. It's week two, and we're back home ish in LA to face our old friends, the LA Rams, in a top of the division heavyweight clash. I'm Gareth Ellis, and still glowing from Victory Monday, it's Paul Hope. Hi, everyone. Lee Garland. Hey, guys. And Naji Karar. Hello, everyone. Uh, good week, gents. The the glow of Victory Monday still uh, shining bright in everyone, I hope. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Pretty better much. than the Jets. Ooh, or, the, yes. or the Giants. Yeah, yeah got to feel slightly sorry for some of the Jets fans there. With uh, uh, It's the game, isn't it? All that yeah. promise disappears for snaps into your season. Um, and we've been there. So, um, yeah, on, there. on that very field. Mm. On that very field. Stop it. It was yeah. a field. It's not the field's fault. It's always good, Stop Gareth, it. when you get a Seahawks <laughs> fan texting you sour grapes saying, oh, did you win the Super Bowl in week one, did you? It's like, well, you can't win it in week one, but when you lose in week one, it certainly makes life difficult. So, yes, buddy, I've been smiling all week. So, week two in the LA Rams. Uh, let's start with the injury report, which is thankfully fairly sparse this week. Uh, Dre Greenlaw didn't practice some sort of groin injury. Hopefully, he's just being kept out. Uh, but Kittle and Ray Ray McLeod were back at practice from being limited last week. But since they obviously played uh, and contributed on Sunday, I, I don't think that's much of a, a surprise to anyone. Uh, Rams also still fairly healthy after week one, uh, other than Joe Noteboom. Uh, is he left tackle, right tackle? Left tackle, hopefully, uh, is also questionable, but that is possibly psychological because he knows he's going to have to face Nick Bosa. Uh, so it could be uh, some kind of psychosomatic injury that's appeared. There's a lot of history in this game, uh, and Lee Gowland has prepared a concise and rabbit hole free <laughs> summary. So uh, over to Lee. Well, I think you might have set us up there saying rabbit hole free. You know what I'm like. <laughs> If I can get through this without going down a rabbit hole, I deserve an extra five points. I'm going to go and make a cup of tea. I'll be back in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Nat- Natty thinks this is going to take about 15 minutes. Okay, so 49er Rams history. So Sunday's game is going to be the 149th game between the sides. That's mm, got to be a sign. It's got to be a sign. In the head-to-head, the 49ers lead the series by 77 to 68. Um, there's been three ties. The first game was played on the 1st of October 1950 and was won by the Rams. 49ers had to actually wait until the following year for their first victory, and this was on the 20th of October 1951 at Kizar Stadium. Unfortunately, the first eight years was dominated by the Rams, but it also included the first tied game of three overall between the sides when a 24-24 game was played out on the 3rd of October 1950. 54. Other ties was 2012, which again was a 24-24 tie, and there was also one in 1986, sorry, 1968, which was 2020. So there seemed to have been reasonably high-scoring ties, those. The 49ers' biggest win streak is 17 games, and that went from the 17th of December 1990 all the way through to the 10th of October 1999, when the Rams finally won a game. The Rams had a 10-game streak between the 29th of November 1970 and the 11th of September 1975. And I think that was pretty much one of our worst periods 
as a team um, during those years. That, that's what um, kind of instigated the whole change around when we brought in um, Bill Walsh. We kind of stole him from the Browns as their offensive coordinator uh, and things started to uh, start to take shape a few years later. So Bill Walsh, I think, was 78, 79 when he came in. Um, but those those early 70s years were, were pretty poor from a 49ers perspective. The biggest margin of victory is, unfortunately, again, owned by the Rams, who defeated the 49ers 56-7 on the 9th of November 1960. The 49ers had to wait until the 27th of December 1987 to return the favour when they actually shut out the Rams in a 48-0 game. Oh, that's better. There's one point between the two games, and it just so happens to make the largest margin of victory 49 Mm. In total, there's been 71 players that have played for both teams. Some of the more well-known ones include Jack Hacksaw Reynolds, Isaac Bruce, Steve Bono, Wendell Tyler, Brandon Lloyd, Samson Abukam, and Akello Witherspoon, who's with the yeah. Rams this mm. season. Yes. That makes that that's me done with the history, so I believe that was about two minutes, which is what I promised Nadia. Not bad, not bad. <laughs> you did well. That was a that was a interesting, <laughs> interesting little uh, uh, tour through history. Then certainly, I can remember this this game being in the in the eighties. Obviously, we were still in the division with the Rams then. I can remember a couple of good games uh, in yeah the late eighties, particularly the one with, with John Taylor scoring two ninety yard touchdowns. In a, and I think a come-from-behind victory, I think that game was. A game we probably should have lost if it wasn't for those two plays. And, a, and I think a big NFC Championship game win, 30-3, to 87-88. Uh, I, I don't remember which one it was. 88. Mm. Yeah. It was. It was the one leading to Super Bowl twenty four. I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. So a bit of history. Uh, Paul? You've been having a look at our opponents this week. You've got offence, I think, or defence? Um, I've got defence, Gareth. So I was saying to you, off, you go. Off, off air, so got a friend who's a Rams fan. I texted him earlier today. Hello, Mike. Playing you guys on, on Sunday. Um, for those people watching, we have got the depth charts here. And what he said to me is Aaron Donald. And that was the text message, Gareth. So... Didn't leave me with much, but all jokes aside, he's going for a Witherspoon pick six. He told me that um, the middle linebacker, Ernest Jones, who's the green dot wearer, is really good and he feels he's underappreciated at the moment. He says that they don't play a lot of man, which when I've looked at the stats is correct. I found the stat chaps to say that the Rams played 87% of their snaps in some form of zone on Sunday, which I feel plays right into our hands, which when Nadji gets into it a little bit later on. But for me, they don't play... Um, they've got two high safeties and they try to keep defence in front, Gareth. And what's interesting, this defence has changed under Morris and it's as if they're built to lead from the front because we've seen what the 49ers can do with our defence when you lead from the front. Now, heading into the season, chaps, expectations were not high amongst the Rams fan. In fact, they were ranked dead last 32 out of all NFL teams last year for their defence. But like me, I was very surprised. I'm sure all you guys like me, sorry, were very surprised that the Rams turned the Seahawks over and turned them over well on Sunday, just gone. Um, they only allowed 13 points in the first half. Um, 
the Rams' defence shut down the Seahawks after the third quarter, and I was shocked to find they only allowed 12 total yards in the second half, and a big chunk of them came in garbage time. So Morris has mixed it up a lot more since Sean McVay started. So Lee gave us a brief history. Since Sean McVay's arrived in Los Angeles, the Rams have tended to do a 3-4 defence. Obviously, we had Wade Phillips was his first coordinator. But since Morris has took over, they tend to go into a base 3-3-5, your standard nickel package. And that's been consistent. And as I've just said there on Sunday, they tend to play a lot of high snaps in coverage, a zone coverage rather than man. But I'm a little bit surprised that the Seahawks did so bad against them. I mean, I've looked at the depth chart there, Nadia. I think I'm right in saying Weatherspoon isn't first choice on the Rams' defence. But No, he did start. He, he did, did start, start. On, on Sunday. Now, there's a lot made of whether a team lines up 3-4 or 4-3 in this modern NFL. Um, a lot of people who study the game, like, like yourselves, will notice that Morris is playing very similar to when he was the coordinator in Atlanta. And this defence is lined up very similar to how the Falcons play. And it shows basically that in the summer they lost, and if I get the names wrongly, I'm sure you'll correct me, Greg Gaines and Sean Robinson were the space eaters who stuffed the middle for the Rams. And they lost them, Gareth. They've picked up a couple of rookies. I believe they've got high hopes for Byron Young, who's shown some versatility in pre-season. And the bits I've seen against the Seahawks, I didn't go much the full game like you, Nadji. He looked to be playing really well. But I don't think they've moved away from that core package of what Staley put in. I think Morris has just tweaked it. And like I said, it's built to stop the exposed player. And I'm really looking forward, Gareth, to seeing us put that to the test. And that will be reflected in my score prediction later on. I haven't Good. gone as in-depth as each player, as Nadji said. All jokes aside, we all know Aaron Donald is a standoff name. I don't particularly know a lot of the others outside of Weatherspoon, but that is why I do a pod with the awesome foursome. And that, Gareth, is a bit of a whistle-stop tour of the Rams' defence, their philosophy, and how I believe they'll set up on Sunday, buddy. Mm. Thanks for that, Paul. That was a good uh, whistle around. Uh, a list of names uh, I recognise very few of, I, I must admit, other than old uh, old Spooner um, who played for us. I think we drafted him, didn't we, a few years back? Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously uh, Aaron Donald. Uh, how, how do you think our offence is going to match up against this? Where do you think the key battles are going to be versus this Rams defence? Najee? There's no off. key battle. We are going to destroy them. That's, that's too easy. It's, it, I don't know any other names either. I was watching a game and I just, every time I was like, who? What? Apart from Ernest Jones and Willispoon and Donald, I genuinely do not know if those players were with them last year. It's very new. They're very young, which is, you know, a way to build a team when you don't have any money because you sold your soul to win a Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, they're paying the price of that Super Bowl run. Um, and yeah, they're not very good. Um, to answer your question, Paul, Seattle was even worse. And that's the only reason um, nothing was happening. They just couldn't get going in the second half. Mostly because uh, they kept on committing penalties and getting pushed back. Uh, and they couldn't get the, the run going, which is what the Seattle defense does. Um but yeah, it, I don't know. It, to tell me where how they they stop us with those names on on the ball there. Yeah, Aaron Donald's good, obviously, but even with a good team behind him, we we managed him. 
now that he's by himself, I think it's going to be even easier. Um, I've, I'm very confident. I mean, even the great Aaron Donald, Gareth, couldn't raise their defensive line past 22 out of all 32 NFL teams last year. And like Nagy said, pick your poison. Oh, we'll, we'll stack the box or CMC can't run. Oh, well, Brock will just throw it instead. Which receiver? Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Ronnie Bell, George Kittle. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm like Nagy. I'm full of confidence heading into this game. I think Brock has shown us that he's back and our offense is firing on all cylinders. And I don't think the Rams can do anything to stop us, no matter what their game plan think, is, Gareth. I think against a, an inexperienced uh, defence, I think Shanahan is going to pull them all over the place. Uh, I think we are going to confuse them entirely with the uh, versatility we've got with players lining up all over the place. Uh, and I expect to see a little bit of confusion, particularly in that secondary, with not really knowing who you're going to pick up if you've been asked to pick up Kittle and suddenly he's lining up in the backfield or out wide or something, um, it throws your uh, game plan out of the window, I think. Lee, what are you looking forward to uh, seeing us crush on this uh, Rams defence? Well, I've still got my concerns about um, McKivitt and Spencer Burford. Um, obviously, I, I can see Donald moving out to the left-hand side and, and playing a lot of the game there just to expose that weakness we've got. But I'm also expecting McKivitt and Spencer Burford to be considerably better than what they were last week. It's very rare, ever since John Lynch and um, Kyle Shanahan took over, it's very rare to see a player have two really bad games. So I'm expecting that to be much improved. As far as where I think we're going to we're going to put the hurt down on them, I think it's going to be a lot of uh, CMC again. It wouldn't surprise us if CMC did exactly the same as what he did last year. Throws for a touchdown, catches a <laughs> touchdown and runs a touchdown in. I would yeah. not be surprised because that's just rubbing salt into their wounds. The, the Sounds Rams like got, a bold prediction. It does sound does, very much it? like a bold prediction. It does. You know what, I might even go for that as a bold prediction. I, I didn't see the Rams um, Seattle Seahawks game, but um, I read enough about it and, and watched enough analysis about it um, where it suggested the Seattle Seahawks were just really, really poor rather than the Rams being really, really good. Yes. Um, so I think I think this weekend is going to be a little bit of an eye-opener for Rams fans who suddenly got excited after that win last week. Um, ideally, I mean, if we go in and beat the Rams, then we'll be atop of the NFC West by ourselves, which I expect us to beat the Rams. I don't think um, anybody's expecting anything else. I think if we play... If we play very similar to what we played at the start of the Pittsburgh Steelers game, I don't think the Rams will be able to stop us. A lot's been made about their rookie wide receiver, how he's um, very much a younger version of Cooper Cup. We'll wait and see there. We're not there. No, no, I know, I know. That's why I'm backing up. I'm backing up. (laughs) Off down that rabbit hole. Um, I mean, as far as our offence is concerned... I just hope we go out and do exactly the same things as what we did last week. And most of all, I hope we get through the game without any injuries. Mm. Do you know, no, I don't think uh, De- Debo tends to have a good game against the Rams. He's he's yeah. pulled off more more than one highlight reel play against the Rams, hasn't he? So, oh, that's what I'm looking is, for. 
his son is not there. He can't own anyone. Uh, he's gone. He's gone play on the other side of the country. So I wonder who he's gonna break ankles to on on Sunday. We'll see. You can take his pick. Well, Donald's always <laughs> chipping away at him. Yeah, so he's true. got that little rivalry there. It's true. See, so let's made Gareth before you move on of the NFL copying each other, watching the tape, and I think. We have to give credit to Ramsley as much as the Seahawks were awful, as Nadji called it. Read an article earlier which said it's not easy to put up 30 points on the road in the NFL. And I forgot, as 49ers fans, if we take that for granted. But I think Kyle Shanahan and Gareth will be looking at this defence. If they play predominantly zone, he's going to be in that bag of tricks. He's going to be motioning people. He's going to be, like you said, lining Kittle up in the backfield. We might even see Sam Darnold come on, Nadji, to throw a touchdown pass to Brock Purdy, just to rub salt in the <laughs> Now, that would be boldly. That would be a bold prediction, because we've seen CMC do all the stuff you said. Absolutely. Nadji, you've been having a look at the Rams' offence, such as it is. Do you want to run us through it? Yeah, I will. Um, they basically an older version of what we run. I figured out and I didn't know but their offensive coordinator is good old Mike LaFleur who uh, used to be with us went with Sally to the Jets and I don't know if he got fired with they let him go um, when uh, the Broncos guy uh, Hackett got hired I, to do I the Jets job got, yeah I think he got fired he must have got fired, fired after yeah. that season yeah, yeah yeah so so the Rams picked him up it's very much the Shanahan tree all of those people were under him you know with the the Washington team back in the day and the Tampa team and all, all that. They were following him. Uh, so Sean McVay and Malafleur know each other really well. It's the same offense we've been running with Jimmy, essentially, except that Matthew Stafford is, I think, a little bit better than Jimmy. And that's what he did uh, to the Seahawks. If you look, if you watch the game, or maybe if you can you know, pull up the, the completion percentage in the area of the field, it's all over the middle, you know, that. 15, 20 yards range down the middle that Jimmy loves. That's what Stafford did to to the Seahawks. They tried to establish the run. It, it didn't really work. Oh, I know they, they scored three rushing touchdowns, but they were averaging 3.2 yards per carry. Um, so they run on first down, see how it goes. And then they either run on second down or... But they found, very, they found themselves very often on third and somewhat unmanageable. Um, and the Seahawks just let them to take him either by penalty or by very poor defending. Um, and then all of a sudden, they'll just try the big play every now and then. They've got uh, Chuchu Atwell, who's a, a bit of a speedster. They, they drafted him, as you can see, in, in 2021 in a second round. Um, and he, he did get a good connection with Stafford on Sunday. But I think the, the main guy that they have now that Cooper Cup isn't... Uh, playing because he's on IR is that Puka Nakua was a, a rookie this year he's from BYU he played with uh, Wilson uh, so I did watch quite a lot of him you know because it was that year where uh, Wilson was started to be drafted high and I enjoyed watching him at BYU and Nakua is a good is a good big body kind of uh, kind of receiver he's like a, a hybrid between Debo and Cooper Cup kind of thing, um, and he's he's pretty good. He got you know ten, ten catches on Sunday, and they went to him very often on slants and as I said over the middle. Uh, but again, they don't have somebody like Fred or Dre or Huff. Uh, the, the Seahawks really couldn't handle 
all of that and Bobby Wagner uh, was just basically lost by himself in that defense. Um, so yeah, that's what they do. The other bad thing that they're not very good at right now is their O-line. It's basically remade. Uh, I think Noteboom is the only guy that they had last year. Uh, everybody else is brand new. And as, as you said earlier, Noteboom is carrying a bit of an injury. Um, and they got pushed around by a pretty bad D-line of the Seahawks. And I, I just don't think Stafford's going to have any time. Uh, in a pocket if if he does find himself in third down and uh, to me that's where the matchup is i think our d-line is going to eat on sunday and uh, either get sacks or push Stafford to you know as he does against us quite often try and throw the ball off platform and kind of throw you know things a little bit harder than he should and that leads to picks um but yeah i think the, the matchup for us is here I'm not scared of Cam Akers' second year uh, starting. Uh, and then, you know, the two touchdowns by Williams were just on a good line. It doesn't mean anything. It really didn't do that much. But yeah, the score flattered them. It was mostly field goals, and it was mostly because of absolutely stupid penalties. There was a ton of pass interference uh, in that game. And I think they got lucky. There's a, there's a point where the game could have changed. They scored a touchdown on fourth down. Uh, and it was you know, they could have not that down. The game would have been different. Um, but yeah, no, they're nothing special. Um, obviously, Stafford is Stafford, and that's about all they've got, I think. There you go. Cool. Well what matchups are you looking at? Where is our defense going to get at this uh, inexperienced offense as well? I think there's a lot of rookie green I yeah. can see on that. Uh, yeah, so all uh, the green chart. for people watching. Yeah, all the green people watching are. It's a rookie. Um, I mean, the left guard, left tackle combo is going to have their work cut out. I don't think they can match with either Drake Jackson and Gravedigger or Bosa and Gravedigger. I think it's going to be a relentless for them. Um, and as I said, I think uh, Stafford will have no time. So if we can have a linebacker stuffing the run and making sure they don't get going, uh, I think it's going to be an easy win. Uh, all we have to do is just play the same game we played against the Steelers. They're basically kind of the same team, the way they build, uh, but with a lot less talent and a lot more youth. So it should be a lot easier. Paul, you made a start then, but didn't really get anywhere. No, no. Uh, to be honest, I wasn't sure whether um, it was more Nadji that needed to answer that question. I mean, as Nadji said there, I think what we need, like Lee said, we do need our offensive line to step up because that's the bread and butter of a Kyle Shanahan offense. But we're sat here, chaps, beaming after that dominant performance against the Steelers. And like Nadji said, he watched the game, the Seahawks, the Rams. I didn't need to. I just texted my mate was a Rams fan. He said he's not even watching the game this week, Gareth, and he's told me not to text him for at least a week because that tells you what he's thinking of the game. Um, you know, we're calling it this fully healthy. Brock Purdy is QB1. Like Nadji said, he's going to put a game plan in place, Kyle Shanahan. He loves to play against the Rams and he loves that record we've got going into our second stadium in Levi's. I think CMC, big game again, like uh, Nadji said. Wouldn't surprise me if for some reason Kyle Shanahan dials it up where Debo Samuel is the focal point of the offence this week and 
Brandon Ayuk, dare I say it, Gareth is quiet because he might only have like a couple of receptions. But to play in this offence, you have to do what Carl wants you to do. So if it's not your week, we know Brandon Ayuk will be out up front. He'll be blocking. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. We come this time next week and we're talking about the Jordan Mason super class. So we're talking about George Kittle with three touchdowns. I'm smiling, Gareth, because it's exciting to be a 49ers fan. And at the moment, dare I say it, there's no weakness in this offence at the moment. We're the number one team in the NFL in our eyes, but also in the power rankings. And yes, I'm getting giddy. It's only week two. But let's enjoy it. There was a lot of talk in the off-season about the QB carousel. Dare I say, some people wanted Kyle Shanahan fired. We're firing on all cylinders, Gareth. And I will get to my bold predictions, but I just think we're going to see more of the same. And it'll be reflected in all our score predictions, which I think Lee's going first, if I remember rightly this week. Not that he's competitive at all. <laughs> but Lee can uh, give his thoughts on how our defense is going to make things uh, uncomfortable for the Rams. Yeah, I, I thought we'd discuss this before we went on there. Paul was going first because I don't appear on the graph. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you, you can't be winning it then, surely? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm doing. So this is the graph that you built as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's all. Fair enough. Um, I mean, looking at the uh, the Rams' offense. I can't honestly see how they're going to get into the end zone. I mean, well, I'd, I'd be very tempted, very, very, very tempted to go with a shootout win, but I'm not going to. Because um, I, I just look at that. I just look at that and I think yeah, we're I, going to absolutely I felt, murder I f- them. I forgot to mention one name, and he always plays really well against us, and that's Tyler Higby. Um, he does tend to have a good game against us for some reason. Not that it's enough for them to win, but uh, he is there and he's he's a he's a decent tight end, I think. Yeah, but they can't use Tyler Higby all the way down from their own five yard line into the end no, zone. That's very, that's very true. See, that's it. The, the, the Rams moving the ball. I'm, I'm just struggling to see it because we were so dominant on defense last week, and I actually think we're going to be better this week because I mean we all know the first two or three games of the season that the players are still getting up to match fitness game fitness so they just get better as the uh, as the weeks go on and I'm, I'm just looking at that that um, death chart there and Matt, Matt Stafford has got a million interceptions in him you just know pre- pre- pressure him and we're going to be picking the ball off left right and centre yeah. and I just can't see them moving on us I can't I mean I've, I've already got my score prediction down now I've changed it three times since we went on there honestly I've changed it three times because I started off thinking there's no way I can go for that because I'm going for quite a big score for next week's game. And I'm, I'm, I've given them a low score and I feel as though I'm doing myself out of points on the predictor competition that I am, honestly. Look what you've created. It's a bit of yeah, fun, mate. You're supposed I'm, to just do predictions. No, I'm stressed now. I'm, I'm really stressed. <laughs> <laughs> Lee's ultra competitive nature. Yeah, the, the, the one guy I am looking forward to seeing is uh, Puka Nakua. Um, he looks as though he's, he's quite a handful. Tutu Atwell, I mean, he, he was drafted in 21, but he's finally starting to play. I, mm-hmm. I remember back in um, 21 when we were doing all the mock drafts, Tutu Atwell was one of the guys I kept on taking week in, week out when I was doing uh, mock drafts. So, uh, I mean, the pair of them came up with 119 yards last weekend, but that was against the Seahawks. 
and the Seahawks were pretty poor against the uh, the pass last year. Apparently, it's one of the strengths this year, but it was still pretty mm, poor, obviously. It didn't look like it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just can't turn around and see where they're going to score points, which is why well, when I give my prediction, it's going to be a strategical scoreline. <laughs> I'll tell, you what they did. Mm. I'll tell you what they did twice against the Seahawks that may have thrown them a bit. It's, they did try a couple of trick plays. Uh, there was one flea flicker, which really didn't work. And there was another kind of weird reverse thing uh, that did work. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past Sean McVay to, put, to call a couple of those, especially early on when the game is still in hand for them. Uh, you know, maybe even on the first series, just to get up the scoreboard and feel a bit good about themselves. But we're going to have to be really disciplined. I think that's right. something that that can the, lose us the game. The the one strength, looking at that roster, that that depth chart, the one strength I can see the half, or a strength on their offense, is Cam Akers and um, Kyron Williams. Yeah, they weren't good. Honestly, they will. They weren't good at all. Last I'm week. surprised Dakers is still there. I think they tried to get rid of him, and like Nadji said, yeah. I, I think he's done yeah. a great deal. I wanted to say, Gareth, this is the first time in the NFL that a number one quarterback, a quarterback taken number one overall, faces a quarterback taken last overall in the draft. Oh, which for the statos out there, we're starting the season. I saw that earlier, and I think it touches before we move on. Matthew Stafford, we still have to show him the respect. He looked a bit more healthier, Nadji. He's still got that big arm. Yeah. And sometimes the Rams can be dangerous when they've got nothing to lose and Stafford can just air it out. And I think it's a good test for Wilkes because obviously I wasn't a great fan of Kenny Pickett. And I think we showed what we can do to an opposing QB. But it will be interesting to see whether Wilkes brings some pressure from different areas. I don't know. because Stafford's good under pressure. But that's what I mean, rather than putting the usual one out there, the maybe we might see like yeah. Warner coming from one side or Hafanga or like you said, yeah. might just stand off him, Nadji. But I do think we need to be cautious of that. But like Lee said, his strategic score will be interesting to hear. This season's going to be great because Lee's no longer <laughs> going to just be given a random score prediction. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> God, no. Don't, don't hold your breath, man. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the is quite a distance between the two scores that I've got on me uh, on me note here. Mm. I, I I've not got much more to add to that. I think I think this defense is going to be up for it. I think they're they're going to smell a little bit of blood and they're going to be confident after the uh, last week. I think the Rams maybe, particularly some of these younger players, might be sort of thinking, "Oh, it's it's easy." They're NFL teams; they're all supposed to be uh, much the same with the parity. How much better can the Niners really be than the Seahawks? Um, and I am expecting um, a welcome to the NFL moment, certainly for for Puka Nakua at some point in the game where he's going to get absolutely yeah. whacked by somebody. Uh, I mean, he did I'll, already on Sunday. You got yeah. beaten now. <laughs> and I, I think I think we are going to go after Stafford a little bit. I think we'll challenge them to run the ball, which I don't think they'll be able to do. Uh, and as soon as they realise they're in the in the throwing position, I think it's going to be pinning the ears back and rattling Stafford. Uh, and you, you know, Stafford does uh, cope with the pressure, but as we saw last season, he has some bad interceptions in him as well. Uh, and I think with our particularly rushing four, 
we can just let so many people sit. Uh, watching the the highlights from from the Pittsburgh game, I'm I just I'm sure we've always got twelve players on defense. I don't know how we're doing it, <laughs> but when you look at our defense play, there's no gap. There's there's no man left over uh, on on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so I I am confident that they will be able to uh, cause a lot of problems for this offense. So you've alluded to it a couple of times. Should we go into the score predictions? Uh, starting with Lee, who's uh, bigged up his prediction. Uh, if he has settled on one, or is he on to his fourth, or possibly fifth? No, no, I've settled on one. I've settled on one. So I'm going oh, to I should, I should go. The Niners are eight and a half point favourites, which is pretty big for a, technically a road game. Um, and the over under is 44.5. All right, let me open it over this. Yeah. Or can I edit it? There we go. So I, I, I can't help but feel. We are so strong on offense that we, we're going to put up a whole load of points. And I, I've already mentioned what I think about the uh, the Rams' offense and our defense. So, I mean, I, I was very, very tempted, very tempted to go with a shutout, but I haven't. I've actually given them quite a few points compared to a shutout. So I'm going with a 37-13 49ers victory. You've been reading my notes, haven't you? Maybe I'll have to reconsider. Paul, I think you're you're possibly up next. I'm going to say the scoreline if we're playing competitive. I'm only joking, Lee. I'm only joking. <laughs> With this Brock Purdy offence, we all underestimated last week. As I joked earlier, Gareth, teams think you can't score 30 points on the road, but we're at home. So I'm going for a 49ers to win 31 points to 10. That's my prediction for this week. Very nice. Yes, it's me next, since it I'm is. third. Well, I had... Oh, hang on. It's not changing. Uh, let me do this. There we go. Now you can see that I've written it down. Okay. Um, I was going to go 35-7, but now that I've talked about it in length, I'm going to go 35 now. Yes, not <laughs> There we go. You, you know why Nadji's gone for a shutout, don't you? Because I talked about going for a shutout and I bottled it. Mm. You have to go yeah. bold. That's what Nadji Karaz known for. He just comes in there, Lee. 35 zip. I just, boom. The more we talked about it, and after the game, I was just like, I mean, it's hard to shut out teams in the, in the NFL. But I don't know. I've got good hopes. They run 80 plays on Sundays. 80. That's insane. That's too many. I don't I think just, they're going to have half of that against us. I just worry about the penalties because sometimes it's shown against the Steelers. I know, it, it's so easy to score a touchdown in this league. But, yeah. Well, I'm going to have to adjust mine slightly since uh, Lee went for almost exactly the score I was going to predict. So um, I've, I've tossed around a few, so I am going to go for a 41 17 Niners win. Well, a Niners win this week, Gareth. I'm a bit shocked. It is a, a, Niners, a Niners win, yeah. What you want, though. That's a lot of points. Nice. I like it. I hope Gareth is right, because that would be an epic game on Sunday. So, yeah, so what, what, I'm being what kind I... to the Rams with some garbage time points there. So. <laughs> if you, right, that's great. It's on the spreadsheet, so you can't take it off now. It, it's, in, <laughs> it's been inked, okay? So what I did miss out of the history at the beginning was... There's been very few times when either side has scored more than 40 points. 
Oh. First time yeah, I purposely but... left that out. Oh. I purposely <laughs> left that out. He's, He's not competitive, Scarab. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean, if there's a time to do it, now's the time. Yeah. yeah. How many How many wins in a row would that be if we beat them? Eight? Nine? nine. Regular well, season. Nine. Well, yeah, regular season, yeah. Yeah, nine regular season. Nice. So wonderful. So the game will be on Sunday night and the game day threads will be back. We're going to try something a little bit different, aren't you, Lee? We are, yes. So what I noticed last week when we were watching the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers game is um, everybody started to use the community chat on, I think it was the official meetup in uh, London. Um, And while it was incredibly annoying because it kept on popping in front of my phone after um, the thunder and lightning had knocked out Sky, it did give us an idea that actually that might be a lot better to use as a game day thread than the normal post within the group because you know what the timeline's like in there. It's completely screwed up. doesn't work. It's Whereas terrible. the timeline on the chat is exactly the same as the type of thing that you go in Discord. It's all chronological. Yep. It's a lot easier to um, It's a lot easier to follow. I think the only concern I have is it might annoy people because they'll be getting yep. notifications, but obviously you can turn the notifications off so it doesn't keep on popping up. Um, so what we'll do is we'll set up a community oh. chat called Game Day, yeah. and that's oh, where right. we'll do the thread this week. I'll still so, do the graphic and everything, but uh, we'll follow the, the um, people, community chat. Do people have to join, or is everybody in a group join joining it? So Automatic I think chat. as soon as you create a community chat, everybody, everyone's in it. Yeah, that so it's going to a lot of people. Yeah, that's the only downside, I think. Also, I, I don't know how I'm moderate. You get an invite. I think it'll pop up with, um, "Do you want to join the thread?" So if you don't, I think you can just decline it. Right. Yeah, okay. That, oh, that's, that's better. That's, oh, that's definitely good. that yeah. definitely works because I got invited to one off an NFL UK group, and like Gareth, I didn't know what it was. I didn't accept it on Sunday, but when I went back on Monday and had a look. But uh, the moderating will be fun on that. I will be watching at yeah, home because it's not be on Sky. be my first one on yeah. Dizan, however you say it. So I will be around chats to try and moderate because Nadji will have, have his hands full on Discord. I'll probably dip well in and out of both, Nadji, because I know you run the Discord group. But, uh, yeah, we're not on Sky, people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Discord still be there, have, you know. Because it's the best by far. <laughs> so, one thing we've missed: bold predictions. I thought what did we missed. Well, and before we're thinking of that, cheeky shout out to David, David Betteridge will be at the game. So oh, second yeah. week nice. in a row, oh, yeah, the Forty Nine FA for the UK flag will be flying loud and proud. So I just want to take this public service announcement later. Say, so, you know, have a great time, Dave. Yeah. And like we said last year, Najee, we're trying to get that kind of rep at every game so it's going to be awesome to yeah. see Dave out there yeah the flag will be there so do you want to go for some game bold predictions give me give me one I, each then I, I, I do okay so oh okay well I, I, I predicted I'll, a shutout I think it's pretty bold yeah it is pretty bold considering we're on the road I'll, I'll give you that one Nadji thank you um, <laughs> I, I'm going to go so it's a bit of a two part of this I'm, I'm going to go that uh, Matt Stafford will get sacked six plus times and throw four plus interceptions. Oh my god, <laughs> that's bold. That is very bold. That is bold. That is bold. I think he'll get benched before he get there. So, following on from that one, if he's thrown four <laughs> interceptions, Gareth, and because I haven't prepared it, 
Fred Warner's going to get two pick sixes because he missed one on Sunday. So if, if Matthew Stafford's fraud fall out there, Fred's going to get two of them and take it back to the house. And this is where nice. Alex Simpson has a heart attack because he didn't think we were doing bold predictions. And he's busy <laughs> writing them all down so he can call us out. There you go, one guy. I, I have, I, I have, I have got one. Uh, I think that Debo Samuel is going to score two touchdowns, and both will be over fifty yards. But I don't know if they're going to be rushing or receiving. But I'm nice. not going to be drawn Doesn't on that matter. one. But he's going to get two fifty-yard-plus nice. touchdowns. Debo, nice, fantastic. Any Very final nice. thoughts on the game? Or should we wrap it up? Leave yourself. It's our hard place, our house, and in red. In red. Yeah. Fantastic. Thanks for joining me, lads. And thanks to everyone who catches and supports the show and, and indeed supports everything we do. Don't forget you can like, subscribe, comment, and share and all of that sort of things. We will be back early next week to pick through the Rams game and then look ahead to the first red eye of the season. It's Thursday night football and it's the giant Levi's 50 burger. Enjoy Sunday. Go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. Bang bang nan again. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep card. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with Rob.